0: Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober. The podcast for the sober and the sober curious. Hi there and welcome back to Love Sober the podcast for the sober and sober curious and today is episode 73 Uh, and we're really excited today because we've got uh, Linda Palmer who is a certified money coach with us um, all the way from Vancouver Island Canada Um, and obviously this is quite a pertinent subject at all times for for women for everyone um managing money uh, financial recovery um and those sort of um issues that can come can come up but um especially at the moment with kind of the situations going on um we're really glad to have kind of linda's um expertise to sort of talk to us and um yeah give some tips and kind of i guess um how people can look after themselves financially at the moment. So, um, hi, Kate. Hi, Linda. How are you going? Hello. Hi. Hiya. So, we always start by checking in. So, um, Linda, how how are you doing today? It's the morning for you, right?
1: It's the morning. I got my coffee. I've already taken the dog out for a walk. I'm good.
0: Good. And, um, and how is it for you guys uh, where you are at the moment? What's the kind of situation with the pandemic
1: yeah we're definitely I guess we're kind of self-quarantining here in Canada so definitely the social distancing is happening um we have I think here in BC we have over 900 cases um so yeah we're just it's kind of like I feel like it's kind of like the apocalypse is hitting a little bit but
2: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah tell us about it
1: <laughs> i i can't even imagine for you guys right now
0: <laughs> yeah it is it is a thing
2: kate how you doing uh yeah i'm good well good actually um well we've been talking quite a lot about um you know despite the fact that there is this worldwide kind of situation it's something that i think sober people have been training for for quite a long time is managing to live day to day and to make our worlds quite small and attend to our daily routines. And I mean, that's what I've been doing in, in kind of sobriety to just manage my life day to day. And I just feel like it's really paying dividends now. It's like, Okay, I can slot into that. Okay, and I, I'm I'm fine and I'm all right. You know, like I'm okay. Touch wood. I'm touching wood. We, the family, are healthy so far. Um, and I've just walked the dog around the block, and it's never looked so beautiful. It's like, the blossom on the trees. The air looks cleaner. It just. I don't think I've ever seen it so beautiful and I'm just you talked to me yesterday i have been like ah oh, I hate everyone and today I'm like oh okay I'm having a bit of a serene moment so I'm all right thank you Mandy how good. are you <laughs> how are you I'm okay today it's a good
0: job because yesterday I was in a right mood as well so <laughs> um it's it's good yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the thing, the message, isn't it, is that it's just day-to-day and it's like just manage what, how your expectations on that day because, you know, yesterday I felt rubbish and so I did quite a lot of, like, watching TV and just hanging out with the kids and not doing much and then today yeah. I've been quite productive work-wise and the kids are back on their kind of school schedule. So, yeah, well, it's just
2: like just take it thinking about that. It my uh, sorry I interrupted you but thinking about kind of my mood has correlated with the fact that I've done absolutely zero schoolwork with my kids today (laughs) I've been like right we're up we're bossing it we're doing our spellings we've painted rainbows to go in the window that was yesterday bad mood today (laughs) I was like you can have a tech day kids and I'm in a really good mood so do you
1: have kids Linda I do. I have two kids. My oldest is 24 and she lives in Victoria and my youngest is 22 and she's at home right now. Right. How are they coping with the situation? It's interesting. My oldest is, um, she was going to school, so they shut down school and she's Mm. also an EA, so an educational assistant um, for the school district in Victoria. So school got halted. So yeah, it's been interesting. And my youngest daughter special needs, so she usually is. Like it's all about routine. It's all about like being with her friends and mm. she hasn't had that, but she's adapted so well. I'm so grateful. And we're just really enjoying some family time. But as you said, mm. every day is different. Like some days I feel awesome and then it's like, yay, family time. And then I'm like, oh my God, get out of here. Like I need some time. <laughs> Leave me alone. So every oh, yeah. day is totally different.
0: <laughs> it's like this constant like battle, like where can I hide? like I literally did consider hiding in the cupboard the other day I was like maybe I could just play hide and seek and then like get lost for a really long time like where can I hide where they can't find me let's play hide and seek and then I'll just you know try and find somewhere but you know take my phone obviously and headphones and then that'd be nice little dreams motherhood <laughs> dreams <laughs> exactly um so you know, before we get on to sort of talking about your work and and money coaching and and where that came about, um, we normally sort of start by talking about our sobriety journey. So it would be, uh, if you would be gracious enough to tell us a little bit about your kind
1: of, why you decided to go alcohol free. Absolutely. Yes, I decided to go alcohol free um, on March 17th, six years ago. So Saint wow. Patrick's Day. So yeah, I know. When everybody else was getting drunk, I was getting sober. I like to joke around <laughs> about. But yeah, so it was six years for me on the seventeenth. So I thank you. Yeah, I grew up in an alcoholic home. So I knew what that looked like. Um, unfortunately. Um, the, you know, I've seen my family is just, we're all just one big, we should make our own club really. But, um, it's just the whole, like my dad's whole side of the family is sober. So Mm -hmm. it's, um, something I've grew, I've grown up with and it was finally, so I was 35 when I quit and I honestly, like I started drinking when I was 16. Um, and from the first sip of alcohol, my my relationship was very complicated. I don't remember, you know, until I got a little bit older and drinking from home, but I was blackout drunk, you know, immediately when I was drinking. And so I, you know, my drinking career went on for about 20 years. And um, it was more near the end of my drinking, you know, the kids, you know, they were older, and it was harder to hide. It was, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I just saw, I guess I saw my parents in me a little bit and I didn't have a bottom where it got really crazy. It was more like my bottom came up and hit me and I knew I needed to change. I was functioning, um, other than financially, but I'll get into that after. But yeah, it just, I was functioning. I had a career as a financial advisor. I was rocking it in my career. I was rocking it as a parent, you know, all that stuff. But I was just, I was sick. I was drinking way too much red wine and then started, you know, drinking a bit harder as the time went on. And I was just done. I was just so done. My body was done um, and my mind was done. I was sick of the shame I was sick of the guilt I was done Mm. so what was your kind of what was your way out what was your support system when you quit yeah my first my first support system because both my parents went to AA so that is what I knew so I went straight to a women's meeting and I'm so grateful for the meeting I found in hindsight now because um what I know of the program now and what I learned and my journey there, I don't go anymore. Um, I had a bit of a h- hard experience. So but the first couple years of it, like it was heaven on earth for me, I, I found my women, I found what worked for me. But then again, I had a bad experience. So it was just kind of like, okay, there's got to be other things out here. And you know, I think some parts of the program still really work for me. Um, it got me sober. There's no question about it. Um, but I take what I can use now and leave the rest.
2: And what, what particularly would you say works for you? What does your own recovery mm-hmm. kind of look like?
1: I think what worked for me, what I really loved about the program and what was really powerful for me was, was that piece of you know I worked the steps as soon as I got to the program and what worked for me right away was that that letting go that um you know something you know bigger than me was supporting me and that whole I had a great sponsor she's lovely um but the you know, the fourth and fifth step where they really walk you through like what, um, like that guilt and that shame of everything that really built up and to be able to tell someone that and to have someone catch you when you fall felt really beautiful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my recovery now looks like, you know, like she recovers, like and I just have such a beautiful community there and just... You know, just sisters. I have sisters everywhere, right? Like talking yeah. to you guys, yes. you know, where you are <laughs> and you know, me here in Canada. And it's just kind of, you know, what I learned in the program again, I can kind of take and kind of giving up to a higher power and you know, just the meditation, the connection, the connection with myself is my biggest thing that I use now. Mm.
0: And um I mean we'll get, as you say, we'll get onto your kind of the financial side in a moment, but what would, what would you say your biggest area of personal growth you've had since, um, since being sober, what's been the biggest change or the biggest kind of gratitude, I suppose?
1: I think for me, it's the, the self-worth piece was huge. Like I've always been a very confident woman, but to really stand in my ground has been beautiful and empowering. I think the most work I've done and can really see the biggest shift um, is with my codependency. And that's been within the last year and a half. And really tackling that really made me also understand why I drank the way I did, because I just was trying to control everything. And I was trying to control things with alcohol too. So that part just really pieced a lot together for me.
0: Mm interesting. And um if you have a sort of self-care toolkit, what would you what's your sort of daily practices or what you know uh yeah what what do you rely upon now um to to keep you sober and okay?
1: Yeah. My community. I love to kind of check in with my community. But my biggest things that I use here at home, like my daily practice, is I have a couple books that I do, like morning readings from um, "Language of Letting Go" by Melody Beattie is my favorite. That's my go-to. Uh, I do meditation. I love yoga. Um, I'm a, I love to write. Um, I love a good counseling session. There is no shame in getting some help. Um, so if I'm going through a tough time, um, instead of that like numbing out that I used to like to do to make it go away, I love to just like attack it and go see a counselor and just I have a great one, which is good. And I've started tapping since this whole mm. episode, like pandemic has been happening. And I've never done it before, but wow, is it ever powerful?
0: Yeah, I've never done it. You've done some tapping, haven't you, Kate?
2: I have. I did some with Rachel Welford of um, of Welford Wellness, and yeah, I re- it's quite weird because it literally does drop me into my body, Um in a way that yeah, it's like I don't have to think about it. I don't have to analyze. The thought like you just you just sort of flip it and tap through it and by the time I get to that bit on my collarbone and I'm breathing it's like oh well, actually I'm fine now <laughs> it's, it's really weird yeah yeah, yeah. It's, quite, yeah it's, like a happen- magi- it's like a magic tool isn't it it's like a little it- Yeah,
1: it is. It is. Yeah, the app that I got introduced to. um, I'm just pulling up here. I think it's called tapping solutions or something like that. But what they do is at the very beginning, it asks you like on a level of like one to 10, like, where's your anxiety level? And then you can like choose it. And then at the end, it asks you where your anxiety level is like after you're done. And like, I went from like eight to a one the other day and in like a nine minute tapping session.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Awesome. Nice. I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. yeah. It's very interesting. It's kind of weird with thinking a lot about kind of somatics at the moment. And, mm. you know, I just I keep coming back to this, that whenever I lie on the floor, like, and now we're in lockdown, it's like I don't feel so stupid because I lie on the – I get down on the floor and lie down a lot. And as soon as I do that, it has a similar effect to the tapping. It just – my body, my animal – body just goes ah that's it and actually it's like oh okay I don't need to be so caught up in my head and have these stories and have all of this stuff that I'm battling with I can literally do something with my body and it will shift it and that's like it's kind of a a real eye-opener to me really yep
0: thank goodness for that and I think that's the thing that people forget you know people forget to try these things or or believe that they, they'll work you know I keep telling people to dance around to rave music and you know and then they do it I and they're that. like oh my goodness I feel I feel better it's like yeah, the prodigy it solves it out, everything
2: get
1: down on the shake floor prodigy yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. oh my God, so your 19. dancing video is the best I loved it <laughs> I could see that oh Are no I mean <laughs> Love it. are you a past rave girl too oh, yeah. that was my jam. oh yeah yeah let's talk about addiction yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, but it's like we don't have to give these things up right it's just we just take out the booze and drugs and just we can still dance so. exactly really... I
1: love that <laughs> yeah yeah
0: okay so if um obviously, financial, tell us about where you how did you become a money coach? And what does it mean? And yeah, if you could explain all that, would be really interesting.
1: For sure. Yeah. So I guess first, my story, and I'm going to just be blunt here in the fact that um, when I started my journey as a money coach, I was just a financial mess. So my addiction brought me financial chaos. There was no question about that. I was using my house as a wallet. Um, I was refinancing my house all the time. Um, I, was, I was just, I, I didn't care. I was using credit to buy my alcohol constantly. I had no, nobody telling me it was wrong. I was working as a financial advisor for a big bank here in Canada Um, which I think, you know, talking about codependency, I felt like that really like even fueled it more because like, they gave me the permission to use that system to really just refinance the crap out of everything. Like I just really used the system, I knew what to do. And I got sober. And I, my spending got worse, my spending absolutely got worse, instead of numbing out on alcohol I was numbing out on spending money and I was just not even conscious of it whatsoever until I almost was losing everything and in saying that I went to uh she recovers um retreat um, over here in Canada on Salt Spring. And it it was my second or third retreat I had been on with them. And I hated my job as a financial advisor. It was soul sucking. It just wasn't in alignment with who I was like, I rocked up my job, but I just didn't love it. And I felt like kind of a fraud, like telling people what to do. And meanwhile, I felt like I was just a mess, right. Mm. And I was sitting there with Dawn and we were sitting in the spot and it's a huge moment for me. And, you know, everybody on the retreat, like, Oh, what do you do for work? And I was like, Oh God, I hate my job. It's just horrible. And she just finally said, well, like, what are you going to do about like hating your job? Like you need to like take Mm -hmm. care of that. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, you should be a money coach. And I was like, and then, and then she, those who know Dawn, she just like, she has so many ideas. And then it's like this, like, oh, my God, and we're launching She Recovers Coaching. And then you can do the She Recovers coaching training. And then you'll be a money coach for She Recovers. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, "Yeah, fine and well, but like, I'm kind of a financial mess. Like, that sounds like kind of a joke to me. And then she was like, you know, somebody in there just said to me, like, sometimes you need to teach what you need to learn. And it was oh oh, yeah, it hit me in the gut, and I was just like, I was, and by that time I was feeling so much shame, so much guilt. It was the same feelings I had with my, you know, alcohol relationship with alcohol. And when they said that to me, I was like, oh my god, you're totally right. And from there, you know, went through and to see where I could get my training, and hired a coach through that training institute and got my stuff figured out Worked through my stuff. And from there started my recovery coach training after I did my money coach training, and then did my she recovers training. And fast forward to where I am now. So that was three and a half years ago, I guess. And I was finally able to quit my job as a financial advisor. And I'm doing it full-time now. So it was a side hustle and kind of a passion project. And now it's turned into my life. So it's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, awesome. And so, wow, that's I amazing. mean,
1: what, I love what, what does a, about, a money um, coach
0: do? You know, what Sometimes I mean, I guess, teach, yeah, we're in financial
2: learn. trouble. We're going to sort of, of wisdom, I guess that's right? it. And
0: is it about sort of building learning practices of how to manage your money? Or is it, well, yeah, explain to me quiet. more.
1: Have I gone quiet? Please. Yes, so I heard you a little bit there, Mandy. I think you figured it out oh, for sorry. a second. But, or no, sorry. No, Kate, sorry. See, mm. I, did, I didn't know the two together. But yes, to answer your question, Mandy, like what does a money coach do? Um, I pretty much like what my coaching style is and what I think is the most important part is to at first, like, of course, I help people and um, or women in what they you know, the numbers part and working out like what I call a spending plan, that sort of thing. But at first we really get in touch with our feelings about money, our relationship with money, like what that looks like because everybody has such a different angle on what they've learned about money so far, what they, what they want to change. So at first we really kind of go down to what that feels like. So you know, when I one of my first questions and things is like words that describe you with money. So a lot of people will say like, they feel impulsive with money, they feel like, dis, like, just completely removed, they feel shame, they feel, you know, anger, resentment. And then so from there, we work on what would make them feel the opposite. And then the coaching begins in regards to tools. And then we get into the money part of it. But it's really, really important to first tackle those feelings and behaviors. Because I can give you a budget and tell you what to do with money. But if you're super impulsive and using money like I was to numb out, there's nothing that's going to stop you from going back to those behaviors, right? So we've got to fix those behaviors first.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. And also the fact that, I think we, well, certainly I um, definitely undervalue myself, you know, and um, I think we see this a lot because we're obviously both She Recovers coaches and as is Kate, who seems to have dropped off the call. Um, but um, yeah, I, I I find it very difficult to price staff as a sort of, you know, um, self-employed person. And just generally in, I think women, they have quite a, yeah, a difficult kind of, what, what difficult sort of um, relationship with money? What, what are the sort of key things you've noticed that women tend to think about money?
1: I think, like, I think you hit the nail on the head with that self-worth piece, mm. right? Like, if we don't think that we're worthy of being successful, if we don't even think like a lot of my clients that I have, don't even think that they're capable of figuring out their relationship with money. Mm. And I think that's the first hurdle to get over, right? Like they've learned so many things, growing up and let's be honest nobody's really taught about money we've been thrown into this money system where nobody has any idea what's going on we're all just like okay cool like we're supposed to figure this out yeah no like we're money is so dysfunctional in people's lives that even thinking that they're capable of changing that story is a hurdle in itself
0: Mm, yeah yeah yeah. And so how for you what was yeah. how did you how did you change the story for yourself in order to be able to sort of help others?
1: The story for me cuz I really mirrored everything that my mom did. So I had a very traumatic childhood with money, um living in a home with a lot of alcohol and my mom who spent a lot of money Uh, My dad was the one that was working at the time, it just equaled a lot of fighting, it just was really, it was really hard for me. And so I had to let go of the story that that needed to be me, that, you know, like I just and that control piece, like how I was talking about with like my codependency, like it was almost like I was trying to control money. So money couldn't control me. Mm. right like it was yeah it was such a unpacking of years and years of just so much I just I messed money up in my relationship with money so so bad there was so much untangling but it really came down to that I was trying to control it so it wouldn't control me I was trying to have power over it and yeah, it just wasn't. And I didn't think I was capable of it. And that self-worth piece, right? Like that was a part of my recovery journey. So that's why I love to work with women in recovery because we know how to, well, like not that we know how to do the work, but we do the work, right? Like mm. it's, you don't just quit drinking and life is great. It's like, no, you got to do some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to do some work.
0: Yeah. So what would, yeah. You, what, what would be your kind of the five top, tips or the five things you know the areas that that women can work on in in terms of financial recovery so say like they're overspending or they're under paying themselves yeah what what can we do to sort of be reactive in that sense
1: I think and this is the hardest step that people can take is looking at it right so (laughs) it's It is the one step that people are like, okay, I want to fix money. And then it's like, okay, well, you have to like, you have to look at your money, you need to touch your money and like be have a relationship with it, right? Mm. So my first step is for people to pull bank statements, credit card statements, and have that reality check of how much money did you actually spend in the last month? two months, three months on eating out, coffees, like groceries, all that sort of stuff. Like when you actually start to look at the numbers, because if I, and most people, if I ask like, how much did you spend? Do you usually spend on groceries? They're like, Oh my God, I have no idea. Hmm. And to actually get a number in front of you of what your habits and your patterns have been with spending is Huge. Like, let's, if I, I jump in head first, like, if you want to do this, we got to look at it. But at the same time, being super gentle with yourself when you're doing it, right? Yeah. Do a meditation beforehand, do some journaling, check in with your body, um, do something to be present, because that's the thing with money is that we can constantly just completely disassociate from it.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> I keep hearing yeah. these deep breaths. Yeah. Yeah. Slight uncomfortable. Uh, where's Kate gone? Come back, Kate. Uh, um, yeah, she's texted me. Unfortunately, her internet's crashed, so I'll just carry on without her. If that's right, but um, yeah, yeah, I think it's it is a difficult subject for for us to sort of face because there's a lot of shame about it, and I certainly, I mean, it's. I guess my my upbringing was, my, you know, my parents are very left wing, very socialist. So money was all, always something that was kind of evil. You know, it was like you give money away, like you be a good person, like you share. And I mean, a lot of those, are my fundamental values, you know, I do believe in equality and, you know, um, distribution of wealth. Um, but it certainly has oh. been a kind of barrier to me. To be financially successful, whatever that means, because I have huge amounts of guilt about um earning money um but then you you know squirrel it away and spend spend it on you know a pair of shoes, and you don't want to talk about that sort of thing, so it's like the spending's still there, but the the ability to stand in your power and earn money is two different things right so yeah
1: oh gosh yes yeah that's and that sounds so familiar, it's so familiar, and I even struggle with that with that myself sometimes mm. and it's it's that self worth piece, yeah. yeah 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 and it's it's a lot, yeah,
0: and so in this kind of obviously there's a lot of anxiety right now about finances. Have you got any kind of advice for people that are? you know, within this current climate of the pandemic and, you know, they don't know whether they're going to have a job or maybe they've lost their job. Is there anything that they can do to kind of secure themselves or kind of, because it has a knock on effect on their sobriety, right? Because if they're worried about things, they're more likely to be triggered to drink because it's like, I can't cope, overwhelm. Wow, world spinning. Yeah, So is there anything, have you got any advice for people at the moment?
1: I think my, well, my first piece of advice is that um, this, what's happening to us right now is literally like a moment by moment thing, like how we were talking about Mm -hmm. at the beginning, like every day seems different. I, my first piece of advice, and this is, you know, I will say a lot of times, sometimes it's not about the money, because it's really kind of making sure that we are calming ourselves down, like just kind of getting out of that anxiety state. So whatever, like when we talked about the toolkit at first, like what things in your toolkit calm you down is your first thing you want to reach for, right? Because mm-hmm. if I like I have a couple tips, but at the same time, it's that because that anxiety is that panic that people experience about money that can really take us from like zero to 60 in two seconds, right? Yeah. So you know, that's where then the online shopping starts to happen, or just like making decisions that don't really make sense. So first of all, just really making sure, you know, remaining calm. But what to really do right now is and everywhere is different in in the world. But like in regards to like what the government can do for you, what your banks are doing for you. So really getting educated on that, I think, is key. I am so freaking grateful I live in Canada yeah. right now. Um, like, is the UK doing anything in regards to like, fi- helping people well, in, in um, yeah, with the I banks mean, or anything?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm in France, so
1: Kate's in the UK, but I okay. uh, yeah. So okay. fr-
0: I'm very, very lucky because France is it's uh this it's a very well well it's a very in-debt country but it's a very state um um heavy country so there's there's a lot of implementation like we've um we've um delayed our mortgage for three months for example perfect um yes yeah and in the uk there are i mean the big problem in the uk is um people that are self-employed are not getting a lot of support so say if you've got a permanent job then they you know they've made sanctions in terms of you know um rates you have to pay and and there's been kind of money sent out but if you're self-employed which you know a lot of women are um mm-hmm. then yeah it's it's quite challenging at the moment um so there's got there's a lot of anxiety in England at the moment about that so
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that just comes back to as well, you know, this is, this is unprecedented. Like I wish that I could come on here and say, this is what you're going to need to do and you're going to be like perfectly fine, Yeah, you know, and, and that's the hard part with money is that it's, it's, it's unknown sometimes. Right. So kind of asking yourself like, how can I be comfortable? Um, you know, how can I be comfortable being comfortable in the unknown right now right Mm -hmm. so really putting together like have so this comes to it again of having that looking at your money and making some sort of like emergency spending plan so i don't i don't love the word budget budget feels really super um restricting to me like when people told me to make a budget it was like oh my god that feels icky and dirty So I call it a spending plan. So like kind of choosing what I'm going to spend the money on. Nice. But I put together like an emergency spending plan. And we're talking like put together an emergency spending plan of the bare bones that you need to spend money on right now. Like the beautiful thing is, is that we're not out like we can't go out shopping. This is where we can really look it in the face about our online shopping habits, like really looking at the bare bones of what you have to spend money on is important. But it just is, I think it's such an opportunity for us to look at our money, right? Like it's kind of, we can't just like go through this and feel anxious and panicked, but not look at it. Like this is an opportunity for us to look at it and research what's available to you. And, you know, figure out what safety means to you like safety with money. So safety to me is like, do I have a roof over my head? Can I make meals for my family today? And just taking it one moment at a time instead of that futuristic thinking, right? Like we're in unprecedented times right now. Are you okay right now? are you okay this second and not try to jump too much forward because that's just going to again send you into complete panic Mm, yeah really good advice okay so I know that you you have a
0: podcast right and tell us a little bit about your your projects and you know if people want to work with you or you know yeah let us
1: yeah so yeah my podcast is called your money, your recovery. So I have every week I release a podcast, a guest podcast where I actually do like um, live coaching with them. Um, So it's usually about it's it. Yeah, it's kind of like my first coaching session that I have with people, really starting to uncover like what happened to them as kids and what you know what the energy of money is huge for me right so I talk a lot about um yeah the energy of money is just so huge I believe money to be an energy so that's kind of like that panic that we're experiencing right now that's an energy and there's the energy of money right now in this anxiety time but you know that's where the live coaching comes in about how that's experienced um to them in their lives with money. And yeah, I just have tips that I have on other episodes and I do one-on-one coaching. I do group coaching. I'm doing my next one, probably not till June. Now Mm -hmm. Um, I have a digital course that I'm launching on May the 5th. Um, It's called your money, your recovery, which is a foundations course that's going to take you from, like looking at your relationship with money to setting up a spending plan and how to implement that. So that's going to be launched on May the 5th. And yeah, lots of free resources on my website. I'm at lindaparmar.com. So that's where all the goodies are.
0: And you do quite quite
1: often in your Facebook group,
0: I mean, you do a lot of content about, you know, little mini lives. You do uh, little short courses, don't you? Thank so you. Th- there's a lot that people can yes. get, you know, if they interact with you. Yes. And, uh, and thank you. Yeah, I
1: completely forgot to mention that. Yeah. My, I have the Facebook group. Um, yeah, it's a free group. So it's the same name as my podcast, Your Money, Your Recovery. I go live weekly. And yeah,
0: so thank you for Yeah, no that. no problem. Um, and so obviously, um, you're a She Recovers coach. So what does that entail? What's your kind of, yeah. you know, how did you get involved with She Recovers in the first place?
1: I found she recovers the I actually found she recovers like a lot of people have or a lot of women have through um, unpickled Mm -hmm. uh, Jean McCarthy. And Jean's story uh, just was my story when I first started to get sober. So I found her and then she had posted that she had been on a salt spring retreat on salt spring island which is 20 minutes from where I live so I looked it up and signed up for a retreat and I got sober in March and I was on my first retreat in July I think so I was quite newly sober and it changed my life it uh Taryn's yoga Teamed with, you know, all of a sudden it was people that could speak my language, right? Like it was people you don't sit around and talk about, like, you know, silly things, like just surface level. Like it all of a sudden it would be kind of like, so what kind of trauma have you experienced in (laughs) your life? It's like, holy crap, like, what are we talking about here? And these women just like bearing their hearts and my God, did I love those women immediately. And Dawn is just, you know, we call her Mama Dawn, and we call her Mama Dawn for a reason, because she just literally takes you under her wing and makes you feel safe and loved. And the whole movement has done that for me. It's just just so rewarding and beautiful. And I have people, I'm so sad I won't get to see you in Miami (laughs) like that canceled for now I was so excited to meet both of you guys yeah. um and not to say that it's not going to happen but who knows what that looks like yeah. right but yeah it's just and then yeah the whole she recovers coaching thing when Don was like you need to be a money coach stop freaking whining about your job <laughs> I love it I can imagine her saying it as well <laughs> so what are you going to do about that yeah. how are you how like stop complaining about it what are you going to do about it it's like Oh, um, I don't really
0: know. (laughs) Someone described her on the, I don't know if you were on the call the other day, someone described Dawn as raw authentic, which I loved. I was just like, oh my God. I
1: love that. Yeah. It's like, I want to be raw authentic when I grow up. (laughs) Yeah, I am so lucky to have met them. And it's kind of cool, because like, I, not that I went to one of the first retreats, but I feel like I have, you know, being with them for six years now, I've watched this, like, you know, from, you know, spending the night at her house to like, you know, just this beautiful relationship and watching how they support women and all these people that are like, Oh, my God, like, you know, Don Nickel, like, you know, Taryn Strong. I'm like, Yeah, man, they're just people. (laughs) (laughs) They've just created this movement and it's just so cool to watch. I'm so proud of them and so lucky to be a part of it. Yeah, right.
0: Um, Okay, so we're going to come to an end. So we always finish with what's your tip of the day and your reason to love sober. So tip of the day doesn't need to be financial or sobriety. It could be anything um, and then your reason to love sober.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, my tip of the day, of course, I want to make financial. So this is where it comes down to tracking your money, looking at your money, I call it touching your money, connecting with your money. Like even if you start today by picking up a pen and paper and saying like, okay, I'm going to write down everything I spend money on today and really connect with that and understand why I spent that money. Um, I think is a huge just starting to connect with why you're spending what you're spending money on is my tip. <sighs> and okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love your reaction. <laughs> I gotta have you on my podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll be like rocking backwards and forwards.
1: Oh god, you you are right though. You are, you're right. Absolutely, yes, yes, uh, yes. And my reason to love sober is that I would never if you asked me six years ago that this was going to be my life, I would never have believed anything people would have said to me about that. And it's just the most beautiful thing that's ever happened to me. Was it hard? Absolutely. Was it worth it? Absolutely. I love my sober life and I would never change it for the world and it's because you know I say my drinking problem was the best thing that happened to me because I would never be where I am and live the life I'm living now
0: oh amazing thank you yeah that's the that's the sort of yeah. love sober we want you know um heck yeah yeah I mean I'm so grateful and it's hard to express that to someone it's like what? really it's just like oh my god yeah like yeah it's how different my life is the I think it's the expansion of things it's like the possibilities which at the beginning seems so terrifying it's like what am I going to do with my time how am I going to have friends you know what am I gonna and now it's just like I've got so much time (laughs) you know what am I gonna do next yes yeah um which is just the best I'll
1: never forget a woman yeah a woman said to me when I was first like I mourned my drinking relationship like I mourned it hard I missed it when I first was getting sober it was hard And it was she was just like, I'll never forget. She just looked me in the eye. And she said, Linda, what you've lost now, you'll gain back tenfold. And when she said that to me, I was like, Oh, shut up. Like, seriously, I was so angry at her. And now I like when I see her, I'm like, thank you for saying that to me, because it's so true. And thank God I've gotten to a place where I can actually see that. Oh, well, that's such a
0: brilliant way to end. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, if Thank you for having me. Um, if you're immediately concerned about your drinking, please do reach out. You can reach out to Kate and I on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, you can get in contact with Linda if you're intrigued and interested to sort of explore your money and your financial recovery, which is such a such an important part of our well-being and feeling good about how we enter the world and and how we um, stand on our own two feet. Um, and you know, if you you can always contact your doctor if you're worried about your drinking. Or you know, there's so many groups online. Check out She Recovers, um, and look after yourself. And um, we'll see you next week for more chat. And Kate says bye bye because <laughs> she's on the text message saying bye. Sorry, everybody. So um, thanks so much, Linda, and take care, everyone. We'll see, see you next week for more chat.